The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Gemini Man. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much about you, Kerwin. I'm good, man. What are you drinking? Nice cold, Coors Light. All right. Also joining us today is Bling. What's up, Bling? What up, Kerwin? How you doing? I'm great. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I was drinking some water. Stay hydrated. Yeah. Uh, also joining us today is Dominic. What's up, Dominic? What's up, Kerwin? What are you drinking today? Uh, Michelob. All right. So today we are talking about Gemini Man, released October 11th, 2019. It stars Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clive Owen, and Benedict Wong. It's directed by Ang Lee, and it's written by David Benioff, Billy Ray, and Darren Lemke. It's produced by Skydance Media, Jerry Bruckheimer Films, uh, Fosun Pictures, Alibaba Pictures, and it's distributed by Paramount Pictures. So before we get into behind the scenes, I'm going to hit you guys with the financials. So this movie cost about $138 million to make, so that was its uh, production budget. So far, domestically, it's made uh, $36 million, and it's in its uh, second week of release. So uh, while we're recording this, in its second week of release, it's only made $36 million domestic. Foreign, it's made $82 million. And uh, as of its second week of release, uh, its total worldwide total is $118 million. Um, it's opening weekend, it made $20 million, and uh, it was uh, number three in theaters, opening behind uh, Joker, which I believe was in its uh, second week. Second week, yes. As well as uh, Adam's Family, which uh, opened the same weekend. So, uh, yeah, that movie opened at number three. As far as Gemini Man's kind of earnings, uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, uh, the movie could lose $75 million at the box office. So I guess not a lot of people are going to see this movie. Can you yeah. blame him? Yeah, I, I can't blame him. But wow. yeah. So, uh, Jason, why don't you tell us what the people thought of this movie? So, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it's pretty bad. Uh, critics, only 25% of them liked it. There was a total vote count of 257 votes. 64 of them gave it a fresh rating. 193 gave it a rotten rating. With an average rating of a 4.61 out of 10. And kind of like we were talking about on some other movies, like uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, there's a huge disparity because you look at audience score... They're giving it 84%. That still surprises me, like, so, today. Yeah, it's yeah. like 84% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher. Yeah. Which I'm, is out of control. I, I'm not surprised. If, if you look at it purely, like, as an action film, it had the action in it. Um, but if you look beyond the surface of it, you could see why... We'll get into it in our Trash and Treasure. But I could see why, if you're just a casual moviegoer, why you would actually enjoy this film. I mean... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But uh, so the audience, the average rate is a 4.2 out of 5. Uh, there's over 5,000 votes. Uh, look at IMDb. It was a 5.7 out of 10. So it's kind of right in the middle with over 12,000 votes. Again, it's only been in theaters about two weeks. Is that what we said? Yeah. About two weeks. So I didn't pull any quotes for it, but yeah, it's, it's not looking good. Um, I know with their budget, what they used to, to make the, the movie, they got a long way to go to, to make some money actually yeah. out of this, but that's all I got. What was the budget again? Uh, $138 million. Jesus. Yeah. For a tiny little action flick, one hundred thirty eight mil. Yeah. What did they put it on? Just all CGI for Will? Well, yeah, because I think you know, because you have to look at the the well, Will Smith got half of that. No, you got to look at <laughs> you got to look at the actor's salary. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much he got paid or whatever, but you got to look at you know the technology involved. 
I think that's what really, really made this movie cost so much. And we'll get into that when we get into the behind the scenes. But we look at um, The Irishman by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. Like that movie costs a shitload of money. And that's just like, you know, a gritty little flick. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I think it has to do. I think it has to do with a lot with the technology involved in the film. So let's get into behind the scenes. Uh, let's start with the development of Gemini Man. So uh, Gemini Man was originally pitched to Disney in 1997 by Darren Lemke uh, with Don Murphy as producer and Tony Scott directing. Other movies Darren Lemke has worked on include uh, Shazam, uh, both recent Goosebumps movies, Jack the Giant Slayer, Shrek Forever After, mm-hmm. and the Christmas Holiday Shorts, Shrek's Log and Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular. <laughs> So, so he, he just pulled all the CGI guys from there. And <laughs> you gotta love you gotta love the Shrek alumni. We gotta we gotta celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. his credentials are pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I, I kind of want to see the Shrektacular. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do that for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Elf, man. We gotta do something else. Yeah, something good for once. Elf sucks. Uh-huh. So Don Murphy uh, has produced every Transformers film, including Bumblebee, uh, Natural Born Killers, Double Dragon, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Tony Scott he directed Top Gun, Days of Thunder. Enemy of the State and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Other directors that were attached at any given time from the movie's original pitch up until now were Curtis Hansen, uh, who did L.A. Confidential and 8 Mile, and Joe Carnahan, who did uh, Smoke and Aces and The A-Team. The movie was put on hold back in the late 90s because uh, film technology needed for the actor to play both his present and younger self didn't exist at the time. Despite the technological speed bump, development continued with uh, Disney in the early 2000s hiring artists from their Walt Disney feature animation studio, as well as their old VFX studio the secret lab and they worked on tests to capture and de-age an actor's performance Uh, they made some progress but not enough to get the movie made so real quick i'm gonna get into something that's kind of important it's called the human face project and this was kind of the test that the walt disney feature animation studio and the secret lab worked on together in the 90s and maybe 2000s to kind of make gemini man possible Getting into the Human Face Project, uh, a lot of this info is pulled from a Cartoon Brew article. Uh, Even though the work that was done wasn't used for Gemini Man production, uh, the artists involved in the technological development process put together a presentation of their work in a short film called Human Face Project. Human Face Project was directed by Hoyt Yeatman, and the film was uh, presented at SIGGRAPH 2002 and later at SIGGRAPH 2005 as a part of a course on digital face cloning. SIGGRAPH stands for Special Interest Group on Computer Graphics and Interactive Techniques and is an annual computer graphics conference and trade show where people come together to discuss, share, and educate on topics related to computer graphics and interactive technology. You know, some of that in the film industry, sciences, etc. Cartoon Brew did an interview with two members of the Human Face Project to learn more about the development of face capture VFX. One of the more important movies involving face capture was a scrap movie called uh, The Incredible Mr. Limpet, which was a remake of a previous film which would star Jim Carrey. Uh, In this movie, Jim Carrey would voice a CGI fish that would look just like him. And during the movie's development, several studios provided tests to try to kind of make that work. One of those guys was a modeler named uh, Hiroki Itokazu, uh, who at the time was working for Warner Brothers. He went ahead and researched facial expressions and developed his own working model of Jim Carrey's head without using motion capture. Uh, He used an anatomy textbook and a combination of the more extreme facial expressions that Jim Carrey was known for in his acting. Uh, He would then take his anatomically based model and modify it to match Carrey's face. Eventually, Itokazu created a portrait model that could be manipulated by controlling individual face muscles 
and that technique went on to be called uh, Hiroki Mation. After The Incredible Mr. Olympic got canceled, uh, Itokazu was hired over at Disney to work specifically on Gemini Man. So getting into Gemini Man, Disney wanted a human actor interacting with their younger self on screen. So uh, the Walt Disney feature animation crew and the Secret Lab had to capture multiple facial expressions, facial scans, use multiple 35 millimeter cameras to capture the textures on the surface of a subject's face, creating a life mask. Um, and they also had to uh, laser scan and create dental molds of the actor's teeth. Uh, the person that they used for the testing of this tech was named uh, Price Pethel, and he was the uh, then creative director of the Secret Lab. Using the data collected from motion capture, they could match expressions made to the 3D Hiroki Mation model they created. Uh, getting the skin right was probably the hardest part. They had to use a bunch of different techniques to get like all the pores and wrinkles correct, as well as get the correct lighting. And all of this work was just done to capture and recreate the performance, not even to make them younger. So they had to do all of this work to get the face right, uh, get the performance right physically, just to create the person at the same age as CGI. They would have to take all that data they collected from the actual age person and apply it to a new, entirely different CGI created younger version. Lance Williams, technical architect on the Human Face Project, uh, he says that people were kind of confused as to why they spent so much time capturing and recreating the original subject. But you know, when the goal is to create a younger version of the actor, he says it's the only way you can tell that you've got the performance. Because like, if you can't capture and recreate a performance, like it's not gonna look good on a younger model either if you can't recreate the older guy in the first place. They took Pethel's performance and remapped it to a younger version in that final short film, The Human Face Project, and they also used his performance to remap animated characters as well. In his interview with Cartoon Brew, Itokazu says that uh, there was still room for improvement with all the technology they were doing, and uh, he says uh, it was very difficult to capture details like the sticky corners of somebody's mouth, the lips and all that. Um, he says that was probably the, the most difficult part to do. The creators of the Human Face Project say that their test was successful in capturing and animating the human performance, but less successful in uh, photorealistic rendering of the performance. Uh, but technological advancements in VFX have led to the recreation and de-aging of actors today. You know, we saw movies like um, uh, Rogue, One Rogue One or Logan or a lot of the Marvel movies use a lot of de-aging, you know, specifically Captain Marvel. So like we did see a lot of advancements, you know, from other movies kind of take the reins. And a lot of those movies use some of the tech that they kind of developed for Gemini Man over at Disney. So a lot of that kind of went into what those movie studios have been able to do. Getting into uh, Gemini Man, the movie that we're here to talk about, eventually Gemini Man left uh, Disney and wound up at Skydance with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer producing and Dom Murphy still executive producing. On April 21st, 2017, uh, The Hollywood Reporter reported that Ang Lee was in talks to direct the movie. Other movies Ang Lee has worked on include Life of Pi, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, Hulk with Eric Bana, <laughs> that movie. Uh, he, also, he also directed Brokeback Mountain and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. At some point between the original pitch and all the way up until the official production, multiple writers have worked on the script for Gemini Man, dating all the way back to the 90s. Uh, in addition to Darren Lemke, writers Billy Ray, uh, who worked on Hunger Games, Terminator Dark Fate, and uh, Volcano. You had Brian Hedgelin, who worked on uh, A Knight's Tale and Man on Fire. Uh, Andrew Nichol, who worked on Gattaca and Lord of War. Jonathan Hensley, who worked on Jumanji, Die Hard with the Vengeance. And then you had David Benioff, who worked on uh, Game of Thrones and X-Men Origins Wolverine, Jason's favorite. That is by far... The worst Wolverine movie ever. <laughs> yeah. I fucking despise it. 
Okay, well, uh, well, hopefully you like this movie. <laughs> well, Hensley did uh, Gone 60 Seconds, too. You worked on that yeah, one as well. Right. He's uncredited, but he did work on that, too. That is true, yeah. According to THR, uh, David Benioff, guy who worked on X-Men Origins and Game of Thrones, uh, he was paid $2 million for his work on the Gemini Man script. So I hope they got their money's worth. Uh, <laughs> He's laughing okay. to the bank right now. <laughs> I hope so. He got that Game of Thrones money, so... He's going to go fuck up Star Wars next. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Keep him away from anything, please. Yeah. Him and Ryan Johnson. <laughs> so getting into the cast, uh, according to Wikipedia, before Will Smith was cast in the lead role, other actors that were considered were Harrison Ford, Chris O'Donnell, Mel Gibson, John Voight, Nicolas Cage, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Clint Eastwood, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Sean Connery. How do you guys feel about either of those choices? What the fuck? What the hell? That's, that's just, <laughs> They're all old. Yeah. I mean, but this this movie was in development in like the late 90s, Easy, though. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, okay. I guess. It would have been cool to see Tom Cruise in it, maybe. But He just looked the same. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like any like a Sly or uh, Arnold, like they're too big to be like in some sort of espionage movie. I, I, feel like. I think if any of those other actors were chosen for the role, it would be like almost like a B-rated campy film. If it, it just doesn't feel like any of those guys could. Like Nick Cage is known for that now. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean, you got Will Smith because Black don't crack. You got Tom Cruise because Cruise don't bruise. And then you got Nick Cage because Cage don't age. Yeah. So I think I think it's fine. Jesus, Jeez. the pun counter is going off, man. It's crazy. <laughs> That's tough, man. Like, if you're talking about the 90s, though. Shit, Sean Connery, too? Yeah, Sean Connery. Don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. (laughs) That was pretty good. I was like, damn, Sean Connery's here. Uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe a Tom Cruise, maybe. That's the only viable one, I feel. Yeah, yeah. same Tom Cruise. Yeah. 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 I know we joke around about that a lot, but he still looks looks reasonably young now. Yeah, no, I agree. Could have given him his hair? The younger one? (laughs) It'll be like. MI5 Tom Cruise versus MI2 Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> with his uh, Pantene Pro V hair? Yeah. Maybe exactly. he's born with it. <laughs> what was it? Maybe it's Tresemme or something like that? <laughs> and then they just eye fuck each other like, whoa. <laughs> You're me. It's like, how do you know that? Left jacket pocket. <laughs> Confirm. Uh, so, uh, go Mer- listen to our other podcast to get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go back and listen to Mission Impossible 2. You'll know what we're talking about. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Benedict Wong, and Clive Owen uh, were added to the cast in early 2018. Tatiana Maslani was also up for the role that uh, Elizabeth Winstead got. Mm-hmm. So, she was one of the actors that also was close. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen Orphan Black, but she's the star of that show. But that's about it for the cast. I mean, we had a pretty small cast for this movie. Um, the effects. Let's get into the effects. So, this is where we're gonna have Trash. a lot of talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's our summary. Trash. <laughs> that's it. Okay. So, this movie was filmed at 120 frames per second at 4K resolution, with uh, weighted digital providing the visual effects. Ang Lee has previously filmed uh, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk the same way, which was over twice the frame rate used in the first Hobbit movie, which was filmed at 48 frames per second. For anybody that doesn't know, the normal speed at which live action films are shot is 24 frames per second. So when you think about 
120, that's a huge leap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really huge. So do you think if you watch this movie on like a true, you know, UHD, 4K TV, do you think it would look better? No, because it's, I don't well, know if okay. our eyes no, are adjusted just, to like the, the frame way that's like the traditional yeah. way. Um, I'm just saying, I don't know. Because so normally like, when you I'm shoot that high, you use it for like slow-mo. Now, now, Kerwin, my understanding is that the movie we actually saw in theaters wasn't played at 120 frames. Only the 3D version was. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you could only see, to my knowledge and what you're saying, Bling, yeah. I think you could only see the, um, the HFR or high frame rate version of this movie in 3D. I'll get into that, you know, as we go through behind the scenes, but I think like most of the showings that I was looking up, mm-hmm. you could only see HFR in 3D, at mm-hmm. least at least from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe it might have changed our views on it. But did anybody see it in 3D? I mean, 3D no. is not a thing right. anymore. It didn't so. come off as a 3D type movie. Like. Yeah, and to me, like I said, I just saw it in standard. Yeah. Like, I didn't even watch IMAX or any of the special. Just standard. It didn't look like showing. any crazy special effects or anything. Like it looked like a standard action espionage movie. Yeah, like nothing about it made me want to see it in 3D. Yeah. And I think that's like kind of bad because it's just like if you want people to see something in HFR 3D, like you need to include elements of your film that make people want to see it in 3D. Yeah. And then you also got to deal with the fact that not a lot of people like 3D. People 3D, 3D is a dead, yeah, it's, it's a dead gimmick that was, yeah, you know. I, I agree, it's a gimmick. Yeah, it was a gimmick a few years ago, even with home television. So I, I don't know why you're trying to present film in 2019 with a 3D and if you are going to do it I mean the films that, that come out that are presented in 3D you put 3D in the title so say something yeah like. yeah yeah but I'll be honest, like I don't my choosing, I never go watch a movie in three D. No. If I can avoid it, I do. Yeah. Maybe IMAX, maybe something different. Like it's we expensive. About, <laughs> yeah. We talked about the D box or the the other Even you know, Dolby. Dolby, there's another Dolby uh Dolby cinema, I think. Yeah, that, my yeah. my brother in law is talking about that. He said that's badass, but it's like there's just the three D. I just I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, from a visual standpoint, yeah, three D. I just want to see the movie. I yeah. see, I don't want to wear something, I don't want to do that. That's just me personally though. Yeah. So getting back into Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, you know, the movie that he he also shot at a high frame rate. He was originally going to shoot that movie at 60 frames per second, but uh, Ang Lee changed his mind after The Hobbit got mixed reviews. So uh, Billy Lynn also got mixed reviews after it was released, with most of the criticism being towards the technology. So a lot of people were turned off by the high frame rate, despite how emotionally gripping the movie might have been. So like the technology really took a hit. And for whatever reason, Ang Lee decided to do it with this movie too. Again, I don't know why. So regarding the HFR, you know, 3D, like we talked about, uh, not a lot of theaters are equipped to showcase the movie at the full 120 frames per second. So the movie was released in the standard 24 frames per second, but some theaters did have the capability to showcase the movie at the full frame rate or at least 60 frames per second. And kind of getting into that, I saw a video on YouTube by uh, the channel Filmmaker IQ. So shout out to them. Uh, In that video, according to uh, John Hess, who's kind of the host for that video explaining uh, Gemini Men, he says that only 14 theaters in the state of California were showing the movie at 124 FPS. Um, The theater I saw it at did have it available, but I did not see it in that format because I didn't want to see 3D like y'all were saying. Yeah. So I just didn't even bother. Had I known that that was a thing, I would have at least tried it out for this review. But Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if I knew that they were going to show it at the higher frame rate, I may have seen it just for this review. See, I, I went I went into knowing about the frame rate, but I didn't realize it was just only for the 3D showing. So I was when I was watching the film, because I can kind of tell when it has a higher frame rate, it, it didn't feel like it. I'm like, okay, something must be wrong because it doesn't feel like it's a higher frame rate. Because I did notice it when I saw The Hobbit. So this one here, it, was, it felt like it was just normal frame rate. And then I, re- then I read, yeah, it was only in the 3D showings where they actually utilized that technique. Yeah, I didn't notice it in The Hobbit either. It kind of stands out. Yeah. Are there other yeah. movies besides this one and The Hobbit that they've done that before? 
I'm not entirely sure, but I, I would think so, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Getting into that video on Filmmaker IQ, John Hess says that uh, HFR does have a place, but it's not in cinema. Uh, it's good for live sports, uh, documentaries, video games, and 3D. So like we talked about HFR 3D. Uh, he says that HFR looks really good, almost like looking out of a window. One of his criticisms is that it looks like a demo reel that you would use to sell a high-end TV like at a Best Buy. So like all the footage you see at like a Best Buy is all high frame rate, super, super HD, 4K, whatever the hell we got nowadays. We got 8K coming out and all that other mm -hmm. shit. But like he said the movie looks like promo footage that you would use to sell a TV at a Best Buy and mm. not like a movie. He says that he saw the movie twice. God bless his soul. Um, he saw it once in 120 frames per second and then he saw it again at 24 frames per second. And he says um, the 120 FPS takes you out of the movie and the performances feel like you're watching somebody act as opposed to being there with the characters in the moment in a movie. Uh, he says it looks like a terrible soap opera. So it looked like yeah. some Days of Our Lives type shit. Yeah. Well, that's the, I think that's a problem with high refresh rate. Is like it's designed really for like live action sports. Um, yeah, action. Yeah, we're, we're all so, the YouTube videos I watch. Like or, you always, you know, you always shoot in twenty four. Yeah. If you go up any higher, um, it's for like slow mo shots or action scenes or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, you, you don't get the blur, but you also understand too. We, we've been we grew up on watching films and expecting that kind of cinematic look. So when it looks different, yeah. it looks weird. That's just the reality of things. With when you come to high refresh rates, and like you said, it every movie I've seen with a high refresh rate or high frame rate, it looks off. Um, with exception of like sports, sports is the only time I wear it, it actually makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely you know what he said, like kind of what you guys are saying. Um, but he did say that uh, only two scenes look better at HFR, and he says um, it's the two bodies being thrown into the water after those that chick and like the dude get killed at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he says the minigun shooting into the store looked really good at 120. And he said those are the only two scenes that look good in the entire movie that look better at 120 as opposed to 24. Because when you watch the minigun scene, obviously I saw it in standard definition, like it looks pretty bad. It looks like lasers almost like going through. Yeah. I mean, let's just not get into the point that like they're shooting a minigun and they're like sitting behind a wall. Yeah, like, no one got they're gonna hurt. Die. Like, yeah. They're gonna die. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> but the way it's shooting, it looks it looks awful. Yeah. Like I don't know if you guys noticed that too, but I would imagine at a higher frame rate, we don't get that long like drag of the bullet coming through. It doesn't look like a laser. It looks like a bullet. You probably see some spark from yeah. the gun firing, but probably I, looks I, a little bit better. I agree. Like it just looks. It looks like shit. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the reality of them sitting behind a wall. Like at one point, Will Smith's behind a concrete wall, and you see the concrete getting blown away. How is like they're sitting behind a wall? A wall. Yeah. They would have been destroyed. Like a wooden wall. I was looking like at like a that wooden too. wall with like uh, it, uh, dude. It's yeah. uh, he was wearing plot armor. That's what yeah. he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I told Kerwin straight up like this looks like a TV movie. Like it was made for USA Network or something. Oh yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, for sure. That's yeah. what this was. I mean, yeah. yeah. We'll get into Trash and Treasure, but yeah, yeah. total TV movie. Yeah. John Hess, in the video, he did say that uh, in order to create a 24 frame per second version of a 120 frame per second film, uh, you have to keep every fifth frame and then throw away the other four frames, I guess, to bring it down to 24. But he says you have to analyze every single frame in order to decide which ones to throw away. So like if there's motion blur or if there's certain aspects of the film that are keen to the plot or the narrative, like those frames have to stay. So you have to go through a 
how long is this movie? Like two hours, less than two hours? 117 minutes. Okay, so yeah, you have to go through this two-hour movie and look at all these fucking frames, millions of frames probably, thousands of frames. I don't know, guys. Frame guys, let us know what's up. But, <laughs> but like you have to look at all these frames just to determine which ones you need to throw away to make a lesser version of this film. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Like I know we talked about like when they go back and like edit out like um, wires or whatever, like, you know, the stunt people are doing, but I can't imagine going through every frame to just to edit out shoot so much of the movie like it's crazy it's weird to think about that's insane yeah and like it's funny too because uh there were some people in the youtube comments on this video that actually worked on the movie and they said it was like a nightmare working on this movie because there were so much more frames to deal with which means rotoscoping took way longer um you know rendering took eight times as long like computers are like melting because there's so much data collected in every single frame and they have four times as many frames as you normally would. It was just a pain in the ass being in post-production because of all the shit you had to do. And on top of that, you also had to make the 24 FPS version. So like they were they were saying that it was like a nightmare working on this shit. That was kind of it for that um, Filmmaker IQ video. But uh, getting on to the, more of the effects. So Junior, younger Will Smith, Uh, He was created using a complete CG animated rendering of Will Smith and also through motion capture with a CG face. So Will Smith would put on like a bodysuit and then they would just replace his face with a younger version. In certain scenes, Will Smith is fighting a stunt double that gets replaced with Junior. And in other scenes, his fight choreography is captured on a stage to be later implemented in the film as Junior. So he'd be by himself on a soundstage with the uh, the tracking dots, the facial camera, all that other stuff. And he would be fighting nobody or another guy in a ring. And they would kind of CGI that into the frame of the movie. On Will Smith's own YouTube channel, uh, he talks about how he used the face capture rig like we talked about. Uh, And that rig uses two cameras to capture all of his facial expressions along with tracking dots that are placed on his face. Uh, Will says that Weta pulled a lot of old footage of him from his 20s and used that as reference to create Junior. There was a promotional video featuring a de Will Smith promoting the trailer with his younger self being from 1989. So they used that to promote the movie, like the first trailer. The first shot Will ever saw of his younger self in the movie was when Junior fights Henry in the catacombs. So when they go to uh, Budapest, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they go to Budapest and he fights him in the catacombs and he kind of has the gun pointed down at him and he shines a light on his face. Uh-huh. That was the first thing that Will Smith saw of his younger self. Mm. So he said he just got chills looking at it. Like he was like freaked out. That scene wasn't half bad. That was the best part of the movie. Honestly. Yeah, that was Chills. the only CGI part. Well, we'll get into it later. Chills from how good it was. <laughs> just, just because, like, you know, you see a younger version of yourself. I think you might freak out a little bit. No, I'm just messing around now. But I, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that's pretty, pretty freaky. Little bit, a little bit of facts before we move on to experience. The stunt coordinator for this movie was J.J. Perry, and he has done stunts or has coordinated stunts for Mortal Kombat, Blade. John Wick, Fate of the Furious, and he's also the stunt coordinator on the upcoming ninth Fast and Furious movie. So he's working on that film. Ooh. There's a ninth one coming out? There's a ninth and a tenth. Yeah. <sighs> Holy fucking Filming uh, back-to-back, right? I think. Fa- yeah, Fast yeah, I heard about that, but okay. We need more. Thought they learned a lesson with Hobbs and Shaw, so. It's, it's, damn, <laughs> it's, it's a cash register, man. They just fucking no. make the movie and... Hobbs and Shaw is not <laughs> fast. Money. <laughs> Don't ever disrespect the family. 
the production designer on this movie was uh, Guy Hendricks uh, Diaz. Uh, he worked on movies like uh, Steve Jobs, Inception, and uh, X Men Two as Wait, well. Inception or Exception? Inception. Oh, I, I heard different. Sorry. Oh, okay. Steve Jobs, man. Yeah. That's Which one? The Ashton Kutcher one? No, 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 no. Steve, no. You're you're thinking uh, of uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, that was amazing. I watch it every time it comes on, man. It's such a good movie. Oh, I gotta yeah. see it. And then uh, the other two movies he worked on were uh, X Men Two. And uh, he also worked on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, okay. Jesus. What? These resumes are awesome, man. What are you talking about? This hey, movie's stacked. We got Game of Thrones. We got Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> like, this movie is stacked. Stacked full of shit? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the fuck are you talking about? Super Origins? <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Are you fucking kidding me? Origins is the fucking worst fucking Wolverine movie ever, man. <laughs> fucking cringeworthy. You watch that shit and you're just like, oh, he's standing, and he's standing in the in front of the mirror, in the mirror when the with the claws come out. Come holy out. fuck, yeah. it's the worst goddamn thing I've ever seen in my fucking life, man. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so Jason, how much are you paying to watch X Men Origins Wolverine? They gotta pay me. Want my money they're back? Negatives here. Yeah. They gotta fucking pay me to watch that shit again. I am suing them. <laughs> Holy I cannot. Fuck. I cannot wait until we do the X Men series. Oh I my wait. god, Logan! I love man. I love Logan. Logan's awesome, great. but yeah. Jesus, yeah, that's that's terrible. that's another podcast. Jesus Christ. So that's all for uh, behind the scenes that we got. You know, obviously the movie's kind of brand new. You know, we are recording this about a week or so after the movie's come out. So you know, more stuff is going to come out later. But uh, that's all we could find for now. Uh, but let's get into our experience with this film, Dominic. What was your experience with Gemini Man? I was low-key excited about it. I wasn't say I was ecstatic or anything like that. I went with my girlfriend Thursday night, saw it, I regretted it. That was it. All right. <laughs> uh, my experience with this movie, um, I went to the theater after work. You know, I was kind of excited for this movie. You know, I just kind of felt like it, it just had like a played out premise with the older dude fighting his younger self. I think there's a movie called, I don't know if it's like Replicant or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or there's this movie with um, Ryan Reynolds and some other actor. You can even see like Looper is kind of the same kind yeah, of premise. Yeah, Looper is the same. same premise, yeah. Yeah, I, I just kind of mm-hmm. felt like this premise has been done before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it had Will Smith. You know, I got to you know I gotta put Will Smith on. You know, I love Will Smith, so I was going to support his movie. The trailers actually seemed like they had good action. So I was like, okay, cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Angley's kind of removed from Hulk. Like, I love Life of Pi. <laughs> you know, I love Life of Pi. Life of Pi is like a really, really great fucking movie. But and you said he did a Crouching Tiger, right? Yeah, he also did Crouching Tiger. Uh, I love Crouching Tiger. Yeah, like he has he has a lot of good movies yeah. out. So like, I thought you know Hulk was a misstep, and I was hoping that this movie would not be a misstep. misstep yeah, I was wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw it. I must have been in the coldest theater in fucking California. Um, luckily, I wore a long sleeve shirt. Always wear long sleeves in a theater. I suffered the entire time, uh, not from the cold. And uh, that's my experience with this movie. Jason, what was your experience with this movie? So I went and watched this uh, yesterday. I think it was a 9.50 showing. I uh, went to go get the tickets, waited till I got there, because I was like, there's no way it's going to be sold out, so I can wait till I get to the theater, obviously. And so I got there, and of course, I think the theater had probably 50 seats. When I had to go get my tickets, there was 44 seats still available. So I got, I got two seats, and I went with Elizabeth, and it was like 9.50, but I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna need a beer for this. So I got a beer like 10 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> they had Oktoberfest on tap, so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna get this shit. 
So uh, we went in and uh, got our seats and we were watching it. And I swear to God, there was probably at least five or six times where both of us at the same time looked at each other and we're just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. And I, of course, all the theaters now, you can like recline your seats and all this stuff. And we're kind of relaxed. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I just, we just looked at each other so many times. So, like, we got out of the theater and like we're walking out and she like stops and she grabs my arm. She's like, hey, just so you know, you owe me for this one. <laughs> Damn. Damn. So she was like, I'm guessing she didn't like the way so you fucking was, bring was, me to this shit. It was pretty bad because she because she was watching a uh, Texas Chainsaw, the the one with the Jessica Biel that the the B team did, and so I watched it with her uh, a couple days ago. So I was watching that with her, but then we I was like, I have to go watch this movie. I was like, you don't have to come with me if you don't want to. She's like, no, I'll go with you. And I was like, I am telling you, <laughs> if there is anything else, if there's anything else on the planet that you have to do, please go do this and don't come with me. She's like. I'll go with you. I like popcorn and you know whatever. And so she came with me. Yeah, I, I paid for it at the end, but that was my experience. Damn, it's funny that your showing was empty. Like mine was actually full, which is yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, mine was too. Well, I went to like the the Thursday premiere. No, I, I went on a Saturday. Like I said, I was mm-hmm. a, I was a nine fifty showing at the Cinemark in Rialto, and I swear to God, I went to go get tickets, yeah. and I think it was a fifty seat theater, and yeah. then literally forty four seats were available. I was yeah. like. Yeah, I don't need to get these beforehand. So I guessed right. You didn't pay for the D box experience, <laughs> dude. I fucking learned my lesson, man. Jesus, man. I, I saw that for the so first you, time. You'd have been ultra pissed if you saw it in the D box experience, right? I would have been ad Astra out of control after watching it if I would have paid for fucking D box on that bullshit. But yeah, no, that was my experience. Yeah. All right, Bling. Uh, what was your experience with this movie? So. You know, after seeing the trailers, I actually like listed this as like a must-see film because they just look great. I was like, wow, October's gonna be a great month for movies. We got Joker coming out, we got this movie coming out. So I was like, I'm gonna go see this film. So I actually went to see it uh, the first Saturday after opening weekend at uh, like a nine, uh, a ten o'clock showing. So I go online to reserve my seats. There's only two seats reserved. I'm like, okay, this can't be a good sign. So then I, I made the second mistake. I said, let, let me just see what the rating is. And it's like teetering around like mid twenties. I'm like, oh God, this is gonna be just like X-Men, uh, Dark Phoenix all over again, where it's just like, this was the same situation where I go into reserve seats. All the seats are almost empty. Um, it's already got a horrible rating, but you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take this with a grain of salt. I'm gonna go see the film and form my own opinion. And I really want to root for Will, but it just, I feel like he keeps letting us down and I'll go into more detail in my Trash and Treasure. Yeah, the ratings, the ratings is really throwing me off like right now because sure. I, I usually teeter towards like the audience. I'm like, okay, the audience is a little more reasonable. I feel like critics are just assholes who just want to critique every little yeah, but, little thing. But but the disparity between the two yeah. is un. Real, it's like, yeah. how the fuck is that possible? No, but like I, now I'm I, I, I'm agreeing with the critics. I'm just like, what? Yeah. The, like, what did I miss? Something? Like, I usually agree with the audience. I'm like, did I? You, you missed, got, you missed yeah. a couple frames. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I missed what, four fifths of the frames. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I wonder if it's kind of like how Batman versus Superman did. You know, I think it was panned by by critics, but audience score I think was also really good for that film. So I think feel it's kind of maybe kind of same way with this film. If you look at it, the people go see it and they enjoy it at face value, probably. But 
when you compare to other films and actually go deeper into it, it's, yeah, I think I'm in line with the, the, the critics. I don't know. You think people are really enjoying it that much? Like, you really I mean, just from a pure, it's got... I mean, I guess they it's, are. It's, it's, it's got high. action. It's got a chase scene. It's got gunfights. So I think that, you know, people are casual moviegoers. And like, oh, yeah, like, that's one thing. It's like, it's casual. I'm talking up to, we actually go to the movies quite often. Yeah. So we see a lot of cinema and we know what's good. Yeah. And we kind of develop like an eye for it. And then we pick so apart speak. these films like yeah. crazy. And so like we're low-key critics now. Like, yeah. not yeah. to toot our own horns. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I know Liz, Liz asked me earlier, she's like, do you ever go on like Rotten Tomatoes and like rate stuff? I was like, God, no, I don't do that shit. I was like, uh, it sounds oh. kind of pretentious. I mean, like, probably, yeah, it's like, we, we probably should. I yeah, mean, I'm one of the, one of the 699,000 <laughs> that fucking rate movies. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't do that shit. Yeah, I don't want to do that, but it's like, that's what I'm kind of feeling right now. It's like, I watched too many movies. Now it's just, just too easy to, this one. I'm not easily it pleased it, now. It yeah. just, it's so easy to pick this shit apart yeah. on this one personally, but. All right. So, uh, that was our experience. <laughs> Let's get into trash and treasure. Dominic, what is your trash and treasure with this movie? Fuck. Let's start with the trash. <sighs> I put the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> yeah, but we'll go with bullet points. Um, the way it was shot, I did not like it at all. It had no cinematic feel whatsoever. Like, I did not feel like I was there with Will or anybody. I felt like I was watching this on TV, like a soap opera, like you said earlier, Kerwin. Um, CGI Will Smith, I thought it was all right in some scenes. It did not feel like an espionage movie. I don't know, is this so nonchalant? Like, the way they were meeting up in, like, hotels and then just chilling in bathrobes. I didn't get the sense that Will was, like, an elite assassin. The only time we saw, like, his assassination skills, so to speak. the beginning of the film. It was, like, the beginning <laughs> of the film, and he just, like, sniped somebody. I'm just like, that's it? Yeah. Like, there's no backstory. Like, give me a montage, like a two to three minute montage. We talk about him being, like, the most elite assassin. Yeah, I was he, like, why, why was he so good that he needed to be cloned? Like, he only does one extraordinary thing the entire movie, and the rest of the movie, like, he just does regular guy shit. Yeah, like, uh, except for, like, the John Wick style, like, at the end, where he's, like, headshotting everybody, but, like, I didn't get no type of feel, like, okay, this guy is someone you shouldn't fuck with whatsoever. I feel like Clive Owen overacts. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand his character. Like when they had that father-son kind of thing with Young Will Smith Jr. Um, I felt like the Young Will Smith did okay, but then like Clive Owen was just like I just I annoying. just watched um, Closer the other day. Have you guys ever seen that one? Clive Owen is amazing in that movie. I feel like that movie's done so well. And I was like, I forgot he was going to be in this when I was in the theater watching it. And he's in it. I was like, oh shit! Like Clive Owen's in this. This is so cool. And then yeah, he just shits the bed. Like yeah. he does not. He just overacts. I don't. I don't like it either. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, so yeah, I put no real background on anybody. Um, Death of Wong, uh, I felt no attachment to him. It was predictable. I predicted everything that was going to happen. Like, there's no real suspense in this movie whatsoever. Um, I feel like the title made no sense. Like, Gemini Man. Like, if any of you guys are familiar with, like, the Zodiac, Gemini kind of deals with, like, the duality of, like, oneself. We always get, like, the bad rap sheet because I'm a Gemini myself. Oh, okay. Um, that. <laughs> Stop like shaking your head. Like, sense, then. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I feel like it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, no, no, no. Duality, like, in oneself. So, it's like, I thought there would be, like, some sort of, like, split personality type of shit. Or, like, I don't know, from the trailers, I kind of got, like, okay, he's going to tap into his, you know, self that it makes him a killer assassin, yeah, so like, to speak. Yeah, like, they would take all the parts that they want the soldier to be and remove all the human aspects, and he would have to face his 100% killer side. You would think that they would go that far. Yeah, it's like in the trailer, just like, oh, what if they found out what we really are? I'm just like, okay, what are you guys but, really but like? But they don't? 
Yeah. What they do at the end? Yeah, they just say, oh, movie's over. And then they all go home. They go to a bar and then they give them a Coke and they go home. The third dude? The dude that comes in? You don't think that's what that is? I guess, but that's, that's taking it literally, like putting it in like a physical form, but it's more so in uh, we embody no. multiple personalities. That's, okay. what, that's right. what the Gemini is, I guess. So you wanted a more psychological exploration of that concept. That's what I kind of expected, so to speak. Because I feel like we get the literal one. We yeah, we get, get the literal one. Like, okay, there's multiple persons. Like, okay, I got that. And we got three. But it's like... We got three of them. We got one that's on the one side that's like, you know, regular human dude. We got Will Smith. We got young Will Smith that's like caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then we get the extreme version. You don't think so? Oh, okay. No, I, that, I, I, I see, no, I see what you're saying. I see what I mean, what, again, yeah. I'm thinking more physical, more literal. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. the psychological, we don't get that depth that you're talking about. So I understand what you're saying. I came up with a new title. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Or the like big bird. What is it, man? It should be called Duped. <laughs> <laughs> It works because Will Smith gets duped in both the you know movie contract and in the movie sense. He signed on for a shitty ass movie. He was duped. In the movie, he gets duplicated, duped. Coming to a theater near you. Uh, treasure. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. Yes. I have a low key crush on her. Uh, that's the only reason I put her in my treasure. Yeah. Um, and then the action scenes were halfway decent. That was about it. Mm-hmm. No, but what was she in? She was in Scott Pilgrim. She was Ramona oh, Flowers. Strong. She was yeah. in Ramona yes. Flowers. I yeah. Her right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah. That's my that's my trash and treasure. All right. So uh, my trash and treasure. Yo, I didn't even bother splitting the shit into two, so I'm going to just run down this list. After I saw this movie, I sat in my car for 20 minutes and just wrote down everything I could think of because I was like, I don't want to forget all the criticisms I got with this movie. Mm-hmm. Was it in between tears of you crying because you paid money to watch this? Yeah, no? I couldn't see my cell phone through the tears, so I had like I had to wipe my eyes and then type, wipe my eyes and type. Yeah. It, was, it was terrible. I was crying like young Will Smith when he got that hug. He was crying every scene almost. Sounds like a rough day. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. He's crying. I don't know. He just had like a strained face in like every scene. Like you took another person <laughs> and made me from another person. Gemini. Gemini man. CGI Will looks terrible sometimes, oh. especially in that college scene at oh. the end. Yeah, he is so, so fake. Look, like you can tell his clothes are fake. His backpack is fake. The way he walks, he's like floating on the ground. Yeah. The way his mouth moves when he talks. He is not there. He looks like he came out of a Shrek movie. Yeah. He looks they, like one of those animated characters. They try, man. They give him all the facial tics, like his like eyes, eyebrows. They like try they try really hard, but then man, when he's walking and they show his whole full body walking, I'm like, this fool's like just hovering. He's hovering. Like his footsteps and everything. Like everyone's like, like five foot and he's just towering over him. All, all I can <laughs> say is it's distracting. Yeah. It's distracting. And it's it makes me wonder because like he doesn't look this bad the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So like at the very end, I'm just like, did y'all run out of money or what? Did you use all your budget for the action scenes and you forgot to make a literal person that could walk? Because all you had to do was have Will Smith retrace his steps again and just cover his face. Yeah. So like why not do the same thing? I don't know, but he looked super crappy at the end. Some of the fight scenes were obviously CGI, even though they were well choreographed. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell, like some of the kicks just look super fake. I didn't see this in 120 FPS, so you might be able to attribute that to the fact that I didn't see it at its intended frame rate. So I'm a step back on that, but I did think it looked pretty bad when I saw it 
like you said, Dominic killing Benedict Wong was like super whack. It was so unceremoniously dealt with too. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he's dead. He's in a van. Oh shit! And We're then, just like, oh well. <laughs> then, then they just move on. Like he's the dude that saved your asses yeah. the entire movie. Got you a plane. Speaking of which, I don't like him singing in the plane. I thought that was kind of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just don't care about him after that. And, and you just, knew he was gonna die as soon as he showed up. And then like he just comes back and he's like, yeah, I just got back from you know his his memorial's funeral, and it's like that's it. Yeah, that, yeah, and it's just that one sentence of dialogue, and that's all. That's all we're dealing with. Don't even need his character, honestly. I feel like. Do we even need this movie, girl? There's no background on anything. <laughs> yeah, like there's no background on like, like shit it, in this. movie It's all dialogue. Like, yeah, I served with him. He's your dad. I'm like, I want to see this shit. And I think that's the thing too. Is just like I think this movie is more about the technology than the story. Yeah. I think what they're really trying to do is push the technology. This is an experiment, just like Tron Legacy was an experiment with. Um, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, with Jeff Bridges, like that was an experiment that helped us get to this point. And I feel like this movie is another experiment. Like there's going to be a movie that does this better, but it's only going to be able to do it because of this movie. I feel like, I mean, how cool is the even concept? that Tron version was really good. Oh no, it was bad. You don't think so? Did you go back and watch it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, looks, it's been a while since I watched it. His mouth does not move. Like it is terrible. I think when I saw it, I didn't think it was that bad. He looks like a mass effect character. Like <laughs> it's that bad. But how cool is this? Con- I mean, we see this in back to the future too. Like use Rota, Scoping, use makeup, rotoscoping, anything else. Yeah, do anything else with what they did in this movie. Yeah, like we've seen this, but it's like it's such a cool concept. I'm just so disappointed on like just how it was executed. I, I think they're more focused just on exhibiting their new technology. That's really what it was really came down to. It look at how far we've come along. Let's see if we can put it into an entire movie, and then let's just not worry about a story or a plot, or let's just focus on the tech. And really, that was the, the whole. Because I was like, emphasis conf- on it, I yeah. was confused too. I, I asked Chris yesterday. I was like, because we were talking, and I yeah. was. Like, how did they do Young Will Smith? Like, how did, and like, I didn't realize until he was telling me that it was 100% CGI. I totally believe it, but it's such a bummer. I feel like they could have done something. They else. could have just used Will Smith's body, regular body. And yeah, they could, they could have just done a little bit of motion capture and just like maybe. Like well, that's that's MDH. what they did though. For a lot of the scenes, it is him and mm-hmm. they just digitally put his younger face over him. Mm-hmm. But there are some scenes where he's 100% CGI. CGI. Like yeah. in the motorcycle scene. Yeah, it's like and half like, and half kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, there's certain parts parts where it really wasn't necessary and they've done this in the past where you've had someone fighting himself they just make sure they like oh you don't see a clear shot of his face or if they're, they're using a stunt double you obscured her face yeah, with well, an a different the, angle yeah one yeah. of the things they do is they put on a mask or something like that yeah like Captain America in Endgame yeah, yeah. thank you okay so I'll, I know I'm jumping on your stuff sorry Kerwin no, but one of my trashes is like I wish they would have just put a mask on the young Will Smith for the yeah. dirt bike scene so he's up on the balcony and he pops open the mask we see that it's young Will Smith. Will Smith sees this young Will Smith. He puts down the mask. Then we have the dirt bike scene. Yeah. No CGI required. Yeah. Just do that. Like, why Why do we not do that? And also, the plot doesn't really make sense. He's like, did they show you a picture of me? And you know when he says that in the movie? And yeah. he's like, yeah, you look old. And it's like, wouldn't you like kind of... Yeah, what are they, like, wouldn't you be like, okay, cool. yeah. you look like me. Like, wouldn't you kind of like stop and think about that shit for yeah. a minute? Where's the surprise? Yeah. Yeah. We, we can poke holes in this all day long. Yeah. Oh, we can. Yeah. <laughs> and we will. Yeah. Um, you know, going on, but uh, the third Will Smith was so predictable. The moment oh, yeah. you saw him show up on the roof, <laughs> yeah. you, oh you yeah. automatically knew there was another Will Smith because yeah. he was like super soldier status. Yeah. Um, he looked like Night Monkey from Far From Home. <laughs> like, that's all I could think about. I had to say something with the, the espionage dude. They all look like that paintball gear on. Yeah. 
kind of did. You're right. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> These are supposed to be like the elitists. And they're like the they're like the dudes from John Wick Chapter Three at the very end. No, that that wasn't that bad. Those dudes look metallic. So no, no, they those were those were cool. But that's yeah. what, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> Got a crush too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ramona yeah. Flowers. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> they could not make up their minds on whether her character or Will's character were romantically involved in some sort of way. They kept hinting at it, and they never went for it. I don't. They even have a conversation where she's just like, "Oh, you're attracted to me," and he's just like, "Uh, no, but I would be if I was younger." This and that, and like they have this whole like thing going out throughout the movie, and there's like no resolution to it. Uh-huh. And I'm cool with it, you know, if they're not romantically involved involved at all but it's just like you're dangling in front of the audience's face the whole time like yeah. make up your mind like yeah whoa what the fuck we all talked about like the day shots look fake i think the whole movie looks fake yeah like, night shots definitely look better but daytime like i thought they were on blue screen the entire movie mm-hmm. up until i found out that it was 120 frames per second even at 24 frames the whole movie looks fake there was a scene i was like pinching elizabeth i was like look at this it was will smith and what's the asian guy's name i apologize uh, benedict, benedict Wong. Wong. yeah they're standing there and they're talking to the girl and behind them is like the school or a, a church or something. Yeah. But it's all green screen. And you can tell, like, look at this. Look. Like, <laughs> everything's green screen. This it's is cheap fucking set, yeah. awful, man. Like, it's like you're already doing so much CGI with Young Will Smith. And it's like, why don't you just spend the money and or, or go there or, or shoot it somewhere else where it's real? You know what the worst part is? All of that was real, and it looks green screen. That's the worst part about it. It was? Yeah. This is the frame rate, yeah. It's the frame rate. Yeah, the frame yeah. rate. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> the frame rate. It looked like fucking garbage, man. It yeah. looks so bad. Like, it looks like they're standing in front of the green screen. It looks so flat, right? Yeah. yeah you're looking at it, and it looks like they're just, they're standing right in front of a green screen. Yeah, that's that's what the movie does when it's shot like that. It oh. looks like that. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So maybe, I mean, look, maybe so none maybe of I, us saw it in 120. And maybe I'm not doing it justice then. I mean, I'm pretty sure from the storyline and the plot. Yeah, the I'm 80% audience saw it. Rating, mm-hmm. But maybe just from a visual aspect, maybe I didn't give it, I'm not appreciating as much as I should. No, I'm in the same boat as you, but like we said earlier, it's just like, we can't judge it 100% because none of us saw it in HFR. You're right. However, it still looks shitty. Like we got to judge it on just how it looks period because like not everybody can see a movie in HFR so it better look good in both formats that's kind of stupid though like if you shoot a movie in HFR and then only like a select amount of theaters can actually show it in that frame rate like it's kind of defeating the purpose of trying to make money or anything like that like okay that's exactly what I was going to say it's like if you're going to do this that's fine and dandy but you need to make sure that it's just as good yeah so that you show it in like the 99% of theaters that can show it in the in the 24 frame rate, that it's going to look okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to drive all the way out to LA for some random theater that actually has this you know, right. tech. Well, fun fact, Riverside has HFR. What? <laughs> yeah, I was looking it up when I was doing research. A lot of theaters near us Plaza? have HFR. Yeah, Plaza has HFR. Really? The theater that I saw it at had HFR, but I didn't know about it because I didn't do the research. Uh-huh. So like, I found out like today that the theater had HFR. Okay, but still, but still, it's oh, no. like it looks bad. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, how many showings do they have of that? They had the same amount of showings as the 2D showing. Kerwin, you're not helping my case right now. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Kerwin! God damn it! Stop man. researching. Yeah. <laughs> Let me shit. There's like only one like every other week like or something. Not like, I don't know, there's the same amount. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kerwin, you're not helping me. 
Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, back to my trash. Seems like I have more trash than treasure, so I'm kind of glad I didn't split this up. Okay, so I get that Will Smith cannot swim, right? We yeah. have that flashback of his dad put him in the water. Yeah. What the fuck was the point of that? Because swimming never comes up again. I know he almost drowns when Mary Elizabeth Winstead has to pick him up out of the water, mm-hmm. but that serves no purpose, and that's the only flashback we get in the whole fucking movie. Maybe it's to show cool? that he knows the weaknesses of... Junior? Does this feel Maybe? Bumblebee-esque? Yes. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Bumblebee-esque? But, but they don't actually deliver. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't come full circle. Eh? Like, <laughs> I still haven't seen Bumblebee. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Bumblebee's good, man. It's pretty it? good. It's pretty yeah, good. It's pretty I good. All right. It's seeing. All right. I'll watch it's it. better than this shit. <laughs> I thought the sound design in this movie was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times, vehicles don't make noise. Or like when Will Smith and Junior are fighting each other, some of the punches and kicks don't make any noise. Like especially when like um, I think Will picks up young Will mm-hmm. Junior, and you know when he slams him on the ground when they fight, mm-hmm. it makes there's like no noise. I could be Ooh. missing something, but I felt like there are a lot of sounds missing from the audio with a lot of the uh, the fight scenes and action. The sound design just wasn't good in my opinion. I did like, however, like when they're in Budapest and uh, Junior kind of like takes Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character to the catacombs and then Will Smith is pretty much able to bypass all his shit. They got the tooth microphone. Mm-hmm. He's able to dodge his traps, you know, spring everything and catch him off guard. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when he's just like, uh, who are you? And then Junior's just like, I'm the best. And Will Smith like looks around <laughs> and points a gun at him. He's like, you are obviously not the best. <laughs> I did laugh at that part. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was probably the one time I laughed the entire movie. You know what part? You know, like when uh, Junior is like swimming away, and he's like, "I'm not you." <laughs> I immediately turned to Priscilla, and I was just like, "That must be how Jaden Smith feels." <laughs> <laughs> he just played his son. <laughs> I'm not you, old man. <laughs> okay. I got two major trashes. One is a plot point, is one is me nitpicking. Yeah. But a me nitpicking, when Junior says uh, everybody hates cilantro, I was just like, where's all this cilantro? (laughs) I thought that was funny. No, where's all this slander for cilantro coming from? I like cilantro. I like cilantro. I like cilantro too. We all like cilantro? Yeah. I think we all like cilantro. Yeah. Yeah. So where is this shit coming from? Because I feel like it's been happening more and more lately. Personally. Okay. I've been hearing a lot of people say they don't like cilantro for whatever reason. You're all wrong. And then my last trash, what are the larger implications of the Gemini group? How is it that a large-scale, internationally operated, U.S.-based private military firm just has a big-ass base in the middle of fucking Georgia that says Gemini on the side, and they operate in black ops and international And they have, have like, these training, full-on training. Like, yeah. I was like, okay. If- yeah, like, and they're funded. They obviously have a ton of money to do genetic research and all this other, you know, black ops type stuff. Don't you think they should be, like, a little more clandestine and underground and under the radar kind of like um, Born Identity Born Identity exactly yeah with Black Briar Treadstone project yeah, yeah. yeah I, I kind of feel like it, you know it might as well be the Avengers facility where they're just in a New York and it has a big A <laughs> on the know, side, side. Yeah. yeah and it's just like what are the larger implications of this group because like when the movie ends it just ends like the lady goes to jail the dude gets a coke and a smile and then <laughs> and, and, and like Will Smith leaves him at the bar also product placement for Coca-Cola and uh, Heineken I believe I could be wrong 
long. <laughs> but like the movie just kind of ends and it's just like, no, we need to know what the larger implications of this film are. And I feel like that's a really huge missed opportunity. I think if this movie was smarter and it was written better, it would have tackled a lot of kind of like what you're saying, Dominic, the psychological implications of it. It would have explored that aspect of the film as far as duality is concerned and the ethical portion of it, like cloning people without mm-hmm. their permission, mm-hmm. what it truly means to retire from this heavy military spy network. Like what, is, what are the implications of that and what does that mean to a person that has been doing this their entire life? as well as a young person like what what does that do so i feel like this movie missed a really big opportunity to explore like deeper themes and go beyond just the technology used to make this film i think we were talking about this earlier like don't you think the film would have been a little bit better if they had taking the viewpoint of young will smith yes 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 yes. Yes. how much better would it have been if the protagonist was young will smith and halfway through the movie he meets an older version of him and he finds out he's the clone. Like the problem with this movie is that we know he's a clone from his first appearance. Like y'all said, like he should have wore a mask in that scene. We see his face the first time. Like yeah. even with the glasses, we know it's him. Yeah. So it's just like there's no surprise. There's nothing to be gained from this. I think that has to do with the trailer's fault too. It's like we well, we trailer, automatically yeah, see tra- two Will Smith. The trailer Smith, reveals so, a lot. So I mean, so. I mean, if they would have done it like the more psychological approach, be like, mm-hmm. okay, Will Smith has a new movie where he's playing his younger self, and we don't even know if older Will Smith is going to be in there and so he's just like you know trying to hunt down this assassin and then well, finds even, out himself well, and fuck the trailer I mean like even the, the movie poster has both of them in it yeah so I mean from the get go if yeah. they were smart yeah like Kermit was saying if they were smart about it they would just eliminate all that and then just left it like a suspense thriller almost. Yeah. And guys, before I pass it to you, Jason, I am so glad Mug is not here. I'm going to say something he's going to love. There's a movie that did this better than Gemini Man. Yes, and I that movie is Oblivion. That movie is Oblivion. Yeah. Yes, Bling. Like... <laughs> They don't spoil. They don't spoil or tell you anything about their being humans. They set you up for this big twist where you find out the guys helping the protagonists are the actual bad guys. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Captain Marvel. Like yeah. the scrolls are the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to hide that shit. But these guys, they tell you every secret of the movie before you even buy your ticket, and that's the problem. Like at least Oblivion did it better. Mm-hmm. Like where you find out halfway through the movie that Tom Cruise is a clone and he's Tom not Cruise, the only you mean, human. You mean Will Smith? No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about <laughs> Oh, he's all from Oblivion. Yeah. From Oblivion, yeah. Like okay. you find out that he's a clone and he's yeah. that there are other people and like the Ted is bad yeah. halfway through the movie and Captain Marvel, you find out that the Kree are the bad guys and the Skrulls are refugees halfway or two-thirds through the movie. Like those movies did it better. So like mm-hmm. this movie is a victim of like a really outdated premise that doesn't get fully explored enough and it's a victim of its own marketing. Like, the marketing fucks this whole movie up. Mm-hmm. It's just shitty. So, um, that's my trash and treasure. Jason, how about you? You guys covered most of what I was going to talk about. I mean, the CGI on this is very... The word I will use is distracting. I, I know Elizabeth and I looked at each other multiple times, just like, you can totally tell that this is all CGI or there's something weird about young Will Smith. It just takes you out of the movie, I feel like, yeah. so much. And just it's, coming off the backs of like Captain Marvel, I completely forgot that they de-aged like uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Like, I didn't even notice. And then going into this, I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, you look at him and you look at, you know, the real Will Smith and you're just like, Dude, there's something fucking off, and you know what it is. And you know it's CGI, but it's just like, I feel like there's a better way they could have done it, and I'm like totally bummed about that. 
Um, also, what's with the flat top? Hey, Fresh Prince days, man. I love yeah. it. They I, literally I like, took his younger yeah. days. It took me back. <laughs> it took me back and her and I was like, yeah, we both love Fresh Prince, but it's just like, that's nobody. That's fake. It's a mm-hmm. fake person. It just sucks. Um, the dialogue. I think some of the dialogue, it just takes you out of the movie. There's so much of it. It drags on a little bit. It's unnecessary. There's lots of unnecessary things in this movie. I, I think the idea of the movie is really cool. I, I like the idea, yeah. the premise, the plot. <laughs> the concept, yeah. But it's like, you know, you have a Christopher Nolan or something do this. I just feel like it would have been like 10 times better. Yeah. you got to have someone that knows how to do this kind of stuff. And I just feel like it was it's a hit and miss. The ending at the college. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Trash. That was a t- and like Kerwin, <laughs> Kerwin was touching on that. Yeah. Like the full, the full CGI from... The shoes, the shoelaces, the backpack, every part of Young Will Smith is fucking CGI. And it's awful. It's fucking... And just, just the whole part. Like, grab my head. If you look beyond, yeah, if you look beyond the CGI aspect of it, okay, you, you were a train killer raised to kill your clone and now you're just gonna give that all up go to college and everything is like going you know, to ha- nice and happy and wrap with a, with a like beautiful bow so like much, it was like <laughs> we had so much bullshit dialogue like yeah. set yeah. this up nicer and they don't they just they shit the bed it's fucking awful it's like the most cliche ending too it's yeah. just like oh I'm gonna go to college and yeah, become like a better me here's your social security and your birth certificate and you're all good to go okay you cannot get into college without those things <laughs> How the fuck is he in college? Well, he's already in, Kerwin. He's He's made it. Oh, yeah, my bad. I'm not logical. This movie is. (laughs) Don't go to college. (laughs) One one scene that I just cannot forget was they're in the catacombs, right? Mm -hmm. Old Will Smith has the gun with the light, I think, pointed on young Will Smith. And what's the girl's name? I forget. What's the girl's name, Kerwin? Uh, Danny. Danny. Yeah. Danny says something. There's like a a second to like a two-second pause. And then the young Will Smith says, shut up. <laughs> and he just comes back, and there's another two second pause, and then the dialogue continues. But it's just like, what the fuck? Like it's just like that, that whole sequence was awkward. It's like <laughs> it was, I, I need so you, to, I need you to strip. Oh, yeah. that part. oh my god! Oh my god! That, that made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, after, well, especially after Old Will Smith, it's like, yeah, the younger me would probably really, really be really attracted to you too, and it's like. Uh, I, was like, I don't like, know if so I would take that if I was, you know, Danny. I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, and Danny's like, so not the older you? And he's like, well, you know, this and that. But it's just like, so then we see the scene with the younger. I was like, well, what's going to happen here? <laughs> it's just awkward. It was, but it was really awkward, yeah. You guys covered most of my trash. Uh, my treasure, um, I like the sniper scene with the train. I don't know. Just something about it was yeah, cool. That was sick. I thought that was, it was a cool part. Um, as much as we're talking shit about this movie, Will Smith, I feel like he's like giving it his all. Personally, he's trying. He's like, hey, this is what I've been given. This is the script. I signed up for this movie. I don't know what that contract or whatever looks like, but he's like, he's got to do this. And he's given it his all. I agree with you. I he's, think I think his performance is really good. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like trying to be really emotional. Well, his performance as the the older, older that's, I'm sorry, older, that's what the, I mean. The, the older, older the older Henry. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he did it like I said. I think young one. one had a good scene. Stop it, Dominic. Um, <laughs> no, when he went to talk to Clive. No, no, that okay. So that part where he's crying, right? Yeah. When they hug each other. Yeah. That's older Will Smith yeah. in real life wearing the facial capture, mm-hmm. and they replace his face with younger Will Smith. So that scene specifically is him actually there with Clive Owen. Okay, yeah. okay so that might be good too, yeah. but I think Will Smith was okay. Danny's performance, I think she did really good. 
I, I liked her. Like, I didn't like, it was weird. Like when she's in the boathouse mm-hmm. and he comes in and like starts questioning her, you know, who do you work for? Are you working for these people and whatever? And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, can I take you for a drink? Yeah, that was awkward. The turn, it was too abrupt. And it was like, you got to kind of like sidestep into that. You can't just turn it on a dime like that. I mean, I liked that they followed it up with him at the bar and like he just called her out on her bullshit and mm-hmm. she and he was right. But if that wouldn't have happened, I feel like that was really awful. Mm-hmm. And then the dirt bike scene. I mean, we talked about this earlier. I just feel like put a mask on young Bull Smith. If they would have put a mask on him and like he pops it up when he's on the rooftop. We see that it's him and he pops it down. And then the whole dirt bike scene, he's wearing the mask. I feel like that this ungodly CGI feel that we have throughout the movie, it's it's gone. We have someone that is actually riding the dirt bike that does all these moves. We can film it for real. Yeah. Change the scene, whatever it has to be, but have someone real doing it. I just feel like it adds way more to the movie because they want us to know and they want to like beat us over the head with it. Like, hey, this is young Will Smith. Like, hey, we get it. We put sunglasses and a hat on him. Okay, we understand. Like, it's still young Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, don't beat us over the head with it. Put someone else there. Put them in a mask. Do do something real. We want to see real live action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, oh, it was just the worst. I just feel like that that was something I would take I away. I feel like that's the director's fault because but, it's coming off the backs of like, what, Life of Pi and like yeah. all these CGI heavy movies. And I think he just became reliant on it. Yeah. And, and I know this is my treasure, but I do like the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. think it's cool. Yeah. Him like beating him up with the dirt bike and like yeah, going yeah. up on the car and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is pretty pretty technical, pretty unique, and like doing all this stuff. I was like, I kind of like this, but it's just like, I just wish they would have done something so it wasn't so like, you just feel the CGI. It just, I don't know, it took me out of it, but that's my trash and treasure. Okay, real quick. Wasn't there a scene where Will Smith is lying belly down on the ground and he like pushes himself off the ground mm-hmm. and like the bike or a car slides under him or some shit? <laughs> so he's on his, his palms and his the tips of his toes, like almost doing like a push up or something. And like he literally pushes himself up off the ground, I want to say three or four feet. And then the motorcycle, the rear wheel of it comes underneath him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah. Neither did I. Yeah. I, I didn't like it either. Wasn't it like a slow motion shot too? I think it was like, yeah. Oh, it was pretty slow. Yeah. This yeah. is probably like 1,200,000. I mean, they're shooting it at 120. Yeah. <laughs> you can do, yeah. You can do that. That's the benefit of a higher frame rate is uh, mm-hmm. you can do all this super, super slow. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just that whole. I'm not saying I don't like the scene because that wasn't part of my treasure. I do like the scene, but I just feel like throw a mask on them. We would have got a lot more real stuff and it would have looked better personally. Yeah. All right, Bling, what is your trash and treasure with this movie? So I'm going to start with my treasure. So I think you guys all touch it. Mary Elizabeth Winsett's character, I think she does a really great job for two reasons. She's undercover. She's keeping an eye on on Henry, old old Henry. When he finds the wire, he's like, hey, what is this? She's like, without a beat, it's like, I don't know what that is. Like, it was like she played the role, like, hey, I'm undercover. I'm not going to blow anything. Like, I'm not going to reveal, like, you know, hey, you caught me. She was she totally played the role. And I, I also like how they made her a very capable field agent. So I know they're in the boat scene when they're under attack. There's at one point, I think one of the black ops killers, he's like, hey, who do you work for? If you don't, I'm gonna pull out your teeth. Uh, And then it just cuts to a scene where like, I know everything and he just hands Will like a bunch of teeth. That was like really gritty showing like, hey, this is not just some, you know, regular field and she's a very capable. She's not a pencil pusher. I, I, I liked that part a lot too. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, she's pretty badass. Yeah, I she's like badass. This. So yeah. like they were gonna make like, oh, it's, Will's gonna have to keep an eye on her because she's incapable. They made her- Damsel in distress. She's a badass. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, even in that shootout scene at the end, like she's she's got the tourniquet 
and she's blasting fools just like Will is. <laughs> like she's fully capable. Yeah, she yeah. is fully capable. Um, my other treasure, I actually like, so I, I divided the film up into the three acts. I actually like the entire first act. And part of that reason is the sniper scene was great, but it kind of just really got into the film. So, you know, from the get-go, um, you know, you retire, you find out that something's going on with the, the organization you work for, and then people are being sent to kill you, and then now you're on the run. You know, you go to the safe house, and then you find out, hey, there's a clone of me trying to kill me, and it just it just pure nonstop action. So I, I actually appreciate that whole first act because we don't even know anything about the antagonist yet, and it's already there's already like a full-fledged shootout and a chase scene. So that's my treasure. I was hoping to expect more from the second and third act, and that's will lead me into my trash. Yes. <laughs> so from the trailers and just even from the movie title itself, we know the premise of the film. You go into the film with expectations. There's a lot of films out there that, that existed before this that have kind of the same premise. You know, we know it's a black ops kind of espionage film. Like I think of Born Identity right away. I think of movies like Taken. I've seen, I think of like The Equalizer. I think of films like Your Government is Trying to Kill You kind of thing. And they got some kind of secret program going. You can even, like I said, allude to even like I said, Oblivion. I think I was, I was just kind of looking at all the films I could compare to. I don't expect a completely original plot because, like I said, at this point, everything's been done in Hollywood, I don't expect a completely original plot, but I just wanted to make sure my time is not wasted. And I felt like, especially with the first act where it's going like, okay, they're on the run, now they gotta go to Budapest. And it just kind of slowed down, they go to Budapest so that Will can have a five minute conversation with a guy saying, hey, there's something going on with Gemini, and it's not even really clear. And then they find out you're a clone. And then you actually meet the antagonist and you find his backstory that he's raised. Like even the whole premise for the cloning, it's not like we clone an adult you and that's why he has the same skill set and everything. No, it's you clone him and he raised him as a child for like 23 years. Like if that's your boss and that's your like top assassin, wouldn't you admit? Young Will at some point, I mean, in 23 years, you kept them a secret this entire time. And it's weird too, like <laughs> that's the only one. It's not like we clone people and like, what is it, like Judge Dredd, where they like age really quickly. Yeah. No, something like that. Like he raised him. He yeah. He raised him. That's literally the only one. Like, there's a lot of plot holes in this bullshit. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole cloning premise is like, okay, so now that's the thing with cloning too. Just like twins, you could have identical twins, which have the same genetic and everything to you. But if you raise them in a completely different environment, they're not going to have the same skills, you know, the same everything. Yeah. They might have the same allergies or whatever, but they're not going to be the same capable top assassin that you have. Oh, I think about twins like Arnold and... Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think like just, just like, like biological like biological twins. That's what I'm saying. So going from the first act to the second where you're finding out the backstory for Junior, that's the whole backstory for him. And, and just so you go to Budapest and then you come back home. How is Junior always able to find Will? Like he's one step ahead of him all the time. Honestly, Maybe I because thought Wong was a snitch. I was like, oh, it's Wong. Because he's the same person. No, it's because you have a little Mission Impossible GPS system. And I'm like, I, it just wasn't believable enough. I'm like, come on, man. If this was set like in the future where, you know, tech is available, like... In the present day, yeah, you'll be able to track maybe where a person at, but how could they predict like they were gonna land that plane and that open field and Junior was gonna automatically be there? Like there's no way, even with GPS today, you couldn't do that where you just like automatically predict where someone's gonna be at the exact moment. So it was just also like 
Will Smith hasn't retired yet. He's still a secret agent, right? Yeah. So you don't think like at any time he or any of his team or his handlers would have scanned him and been like, yo, you got a tracker in your arm. Yeah. Like he's so thorough. I would imagine he would know himself he had a tracker. He's got the high, the state of the art security system that can detect when people are on his property. You can't detect. <laughs> no, no, bling. That's called the ring. And it's like, and it, it takes so long, too, because I feel like the Russian guy was like, yeah, I watched you do this. Like, I watched all this happen when he's, like, sitting there in, like, the sauna thing, which was a whole other fucking weird-ass thing. When that was all in so robes. stupid. I was I'm like, like this God, is- this is dumb as fuck. Like, they're all sitting there in robes. Like, really? What are we doing, guys? Just sit there in clothes. Yeah. We'll be fine. Have Will change into a robe when he goes down to the, the sauna, like, massage area or whatever. But it's like, the Russian guy's like, yeah, I, I saw that. I really liked your moves. And it's like... How the fuck do you see that? We don't find out till later that he has this chip in his arm, but it's like it's the that, that was the device they used thing. to basically explain how the, the junior was able to figure out where Will was at every goddamn. Like, the only other moment. thing I can it think was, of is like maybe because he's a clone, he knows Will's tendencies. Like that's what I thought. I was like, okay, that maybe he knows Will because he's like it has the same. They were essentially trained the same. Yeah, and then going further, you guys touched on it. The third act, it was just so predictable. We get a typical shootout with unrealistic. You know, hey, he's able to survive like an onslaught with a chain gun behind a like a six inch wall and then at the very end when like I said you you see the other mask assailant you're like that's another will so there, there's also a third will that was raised from birth wow really <laughs> yeah like, with a flat top yeah <laughs> I mean like Elizabeth's sitting there like and I can see her eyes just kind of shutting and I'm like hey try to wake her up of course because it's like I don't blame you I see her and I'm like hey this guy telling you right now third will right now she's like no and then I swear to God, people gasped. They gasped. I, I will never forget this. Yeah. They fucking gasped. Okay, you know how they say, like, you got to check your brain at the door? They said that about Gone 60 Seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think people that like this movie, like, their brain didn't even get in the car with them. <laughs> yeah, I know mine didn't, because I got there and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then, the, like I said, the ending is just like, and that's the problem we've really been with films I've seen in 2019 that have been terrible. It's just they just try to wrap everything up into a nice package with the red bow on top. And it's just like, some people can't go back to that life. I, they should have just ended it when Henry, old Henry, kills Clive Owen's character. They should have just ended the film there. They didn't, it didn't add anything to show that whole college scene where he's like, hey, I'm going to try to live a normal life. It just really... And there's no repercussions. They're like, at the very end, they're saying, oh, we, we erased, you know, all trace of the Gemini program. There's no more clones. They made sure to wrap everything up. That's the film that we got. And you almost, <laughs> you almost expect for them to like all jump up in the air and then the camera freezes. Then the credits roll. Yeah. I can't wait to see Anchorman this Anchorman style. I'm going to say this again now. Just yeah. I love Will Smith. I've said this too. It's like, I feel like. I think we all do. I think we all love Will Smith. But it yeah. feels like we haven't seen a good Will Smith in probably seven, eight years. I think the, I, I brought this up. I think the last good film I saw from him was like Pursuit of Happiness and we thought Suicide Squad was going to be great and that was terrible. We thought Trails for Bright. We see Focus looked like it was going to be another good film and it just feels like we keep getting let down. He's doing a lot of B-movies. Which I, I find hard to believe. They're actually, I think, positioned to be like blockbusters but they're just not panning out that way. Yeah. Yeah, like he, who is his agent? Like you said, like they position his stuff to be blockbuster status but like when you look at the plots of a lot of his movies this shit is like straight up b-movie stuff yeah didn't mugga say something like he was positioned to be neo Neo. yeah like he passed up on independence day if he was in that i'm pretty sure that movie might have been on track to do well yeah and well and they they said they they, i think the premise was they they couldn't afford to pay him 
I'm like, we're able to afford to pay him for this shit. So, I mean, like, I, I like to say, I want to root for Will, but it's like, this is just another film where it's like, he let us down. And it's just, is he, is he not a good actor anymore? Or is it just, he just like. I don't think it's him. I think it's just his choices. Yeah. And so. I understand, I understand trying to do like low budget films. Like I understand trying to do something you're passionate about. Yeah. I get that. But it's like this. Really? Yeah. yeah this, I don't think yeah. he's a bad actor. Yeah. I just think his choices just suck. But anyway, kind of like a uh, Michael Fassbender who like yeah. is really good, but like he's just in shitty movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the gist of my tra- uh, trash treasure. So let's get into our ticket prices. And talk about how much we would pay to watch Gemini Man. Dominic, how much are you paying to watch Gemini Man? Like we've all been saying throughout this whole podcast, like we all love Will Smith. Will Smith's been like a huge part of my childhood with Fresh Prince. You know, getting jiggy with it, all that stuff. But uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to get it a five. Man. I feel like rehovering, rehovering right now. Between, I can tell. I can tell. I can tell. Between fifteen and twenty. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Kerwin. Now Shut I'm, the front door. Now I'm hovering between zero and five. I think the action is really well done. You know, even though it's a predictable kind of B movie plot, like I do think they really stepped it up in terms of the action choreography. I like the characters in this movie. I want to care, but the story and the writing doesn't let me care about them. I enjoy the chemistry that like Benedict Wong, Will Smith, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead have on screen. Clive Owen is garbage in this movie. Mm -hmm. He even loses his accent a couple times. The technical aspect of this movie ruins it. You could have easily made this movie without all the technical bullshit and taken the rest of that budget money and added more to the film. You know what I'm saying? Like that 138. Mm-hmm. And they spent half the movie in Georgia, one thirty-eight million. And I think they also had reshoots too. What, so I was like, what are you gonna do? Man? Like you can easily make this movie for like half this budget. Take the excess seventy million and put that towards something better. I'm gonna pay five dollars to watch this movie. Okay, that's being generous because I love Will Smith. Totally, totally. Generous, agree. generous five dollars. Yeah. Uh, Jason, how much are you paying? I think I'm with you, Kerwin. I think five bucks. Um, I, I love Will Smith. I like the idea of the movie. But I just feel like, again, it was poorly executed. I was telling Chris earlier, I was just mm-hmm. like, I I like the idea. I think it's cool. I think some of the scenes are cool. I think they had a great idea, but they just they just shit the bed. Like, they just... There's too much CGI. I think there was points where they could have eliminated it, and they could have made it more real. They went above and beyond trying to shoot it in 120 frames per second, and they got Will Smith. They got they they got some big name players like to be in this movie, and it's just I just feel like it is a hit and miss for me. So I, I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go five bucks. Just like it's just it, the CGI with young Will Smith, the storyline. I mean, I want to give this a zero to be honest, but I think because of Will Smith and because I like the story mm-hmm. and like as it is, like I'm gonna I'm gonna go five. Bling, how much are you paying to watch Gemini Man? I'm on the same page with you guys. I actually really almost wanted to give this a zero, but from a Will Smith film, like the action was good. And I'll be honest with you, if this comes up on HBO or some kind of premium channel, I'm probably going to watch it. Maybe if it pops up on Netflix, I'm like, oh, I'll watch it again. So that's why I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to also give it a five. I really wanted to like this film, especially the way, like I said, after the first act, I was like, okay. Where are we going to go with this? And it just, like I said, it just disappointed me. But like I said, I'll get a five period for the fact because it is a Will Smith film. And like I said, if it does come up, I'm probably going to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way I'm watching this game. I, li- I literally walked out of the theater. I was like, this shit's weak. <laughs> Damn. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're paying $5 to watch Gemini Man. Anybody uh, else got anything to say before we move on? Well, we got to say something before. Gemini's we move on. are cool. 
No, not according to this. I mean, I mean who's, 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 who? imagine all the what ifs. What if they made, set this movie into like a future, like like almost like a fifth element kind of environment, futuristic kind of where it would actually make more sense, where they could actually play a, a lot more into the, the cloning aspects and even just the whole. The more know, fantastic elements. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, correct. And then what if they also focus more on the whole, he's a top sniper where it's a chase to snipe each other kind like of thing. Enemy at the gates. Is kinda, that what it is? Kind of, yeah. yeah, I guess like that. If yeah. This is like a Netflix series. Where like we get introduced should have been a series. There you go. Yeah. There if you we go. Get introduced yeah. to Will Smith. Yeah, and then we get introduced to this program, this Gemini program. You could have had so much more character development. Mm -hmm. They probably could have buttoned up the CGI a little bit more. Mm -hmm. They could have done other things with it. I just feel like there's a lot here that you could have done. There's only two hours, but it's like you could have done so much more. I just feel like they crammed it in. And it's just it's well, such a bummer. It's yeah. a bummer. That gets it. That I think that yeah, that your whole you hit right the sniper it. part too. Like yeah. oh my god, we could have seen him like going all kinds of missions. Yeah, we yeah. could have like heard rumors about this Gemini project, and then we could have seen it develop we could have seen his reaction to it and at the end the first season would have been like him like realizing that there's another him and yeah. then like boom it just stops I mean he, and then he, we get another second season and it's about the development of their interaction it's like there's so much they could have done with this and he just decided to make it a film that yeah. was very polar like, now they're executed. they're cleaning their sheets because they shit the bed yeah. that's what they're doing <laughs> alright but um you know we got more Will Smith in this movie but what if we added more Tom Cruise to it um, if Tom Cruise was in this movie, who would he play? I'm going to say the second or maybe even the third, Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Clive Owen. I thought he's yeah. god awful in this movie. So Tom Cruise is Clive Owen easy. Yeah, Clive Owen, just because I, I want to see Tom Cruise play more villain roles. I think it's, you guys touched it on it in a, in a previous podcast. But I, yeah, he, he's always playing the protagonist. I want to see him playing an antagonist. Or even the Asian guy. What's his name? Wong. 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 He could have been Wong, too. No, Tom Cruise is not a scientist. He has flight experience. <laughs> he does. He's he always, does have He's always flying. Real life flight yeah. experience. You're right, yeah. There's not really a plethora of characters to choose from. Like <laughs> There really isn't. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, which Will Smith do you want to be? One, two, maybe three. Big Will, Lil Will. He could have been the guy. He, he, he could have been the guy they killed at the beginning. Just like the guy in the train. Like, yeah. yeah, Will Smith is fifty percent of the we've, roster. We've, we've right? never seen Will Smith get killed on screen. I, I mean, think Tom Cruise could be the train. Oh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, sorry, Tom Cruise killed on screen. <laughs> be the fucking train. Like Thomas, a, Thomas the train engine. What? Tom. Ah. So I guess that's it, guys. Right? We're yes, good with Gemini Man. Five dollars. Uh, so in the words of Tom Cruise. Fuck you, Sally. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20Ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and thank you for listening. Uh, both ghost... Ghost bumps. Uh, <laughs> I got some ghost bumps. That's a. Uh, I ain't afraid of no ghost bumps. Ghost bumps, yeah. Mary Elizabeth. Blah, 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 blah. Mary. Miss <laughs> Winstead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mary Elizabeth. <laughs> Mary Winstead. Ah, oh, so you think the shadows you are your ally? You barely adopted the dark. Was born in it. Molded by it. I can't do it. I was wondering what would break first. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's I'm going to watch that movie tonight. I'm watching that tonight. <laughs> the fire rises, remember? At the beginning. Your the spirit or your back? <laughs> <laughs> your precious armory. 
gratefully accepted. <laughs> do so, we gotta watch it right after this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah this is gonna be a short ass episode. Well, yeah. that's good because it doesn't deserve much. Jesus, man, that's fucking <laughs> shitty.